All right, welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds today. Uh, we don't really have a nerd on the show, really. I would call you like more jock of the industry, Ali Nehru. Uh, kind of famous. People like to talk about you every now and then. People like to talk about all of us. But the main reason why I wanted to have you on the show today is because you tell... You just tell a different story than me, man. You you run a little bit. You support a lot of MSPs in the industry. The MSPs, uh, I mean, most of the people listening to this show are going to be kind of, you know, CTO level, IT director, um, technology leaders working inside of a company. You you support a lot of those those leaders also, but you also support a lot of MSPs. And I wanted to have you on the show just to tell the story of the backend program that we run over here really behind the scenes of dissecting popular IT nerds is a lot bigger engine. And that's a convergent network services group. And now uh, recently merged or whatever we want to call that business transaction with AppSmart or a really kind of a larger, bigger entity now. So maybe looking to go public in the future, but I, what's more important is I want, people to hear from you, from someone that's been doing this uh, maybe four years, four years, five years longer than me. You've been around as long as, as all of us in the industry. And I want people to hear from you what's important and how we do business from a, a, either a carrier agnostic standpoint and really what differentiates and what's going to make technology leaders successful in the space and how we add to their success. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think there's uh, um, some different um, methodologies on how we uh, conduct business and, and how we go about discovery and then obviously ultimately supporting the customer and the partner. Um, and our competition is great. Everyone's different. Um, and one way that is not the only way, uh, or I don't think our way is uh the way that makes everybody else successful and vice versa. But uh, it's worked for us, Phil. And I think when you supported us, um, you kind of, you had an autonomous ship, right? To work under any brand or umbrella. And I think you made a decision to work um, under an ecosystem with people that you trusted. You valued how they conducted business and supported their customers. Um, and uh, I think that's maybe we've all seen eye to eye there. And uh, we like how you supported us and you, you, you came here. So it's uh, it definitely is different. And I think that uh, AppSmart and AppDirect uh, saw that um, in, in their investment in CNSG, that we were a very, very different bird. Uh, and we grew, quite frankly, without that much human capital. Uh, we really had a family, uh, a family ecosystem in the fact that we, uh, we all did multiple things. Uh, never asked questions, never really blamed each other, just got it done mentality. Uh, and that was, you know, uh, supporting a partner, supporting a client, uh, you know, assisting with a carrier, um, you know, filling in when we couldn't make a meeting for each other um, as we grew and grew. And then we invested in back office. Uh, and then, you know, 14 years later, we are where we are now and, and pretty proud of kind of what we built and uh, we wouldn't be anywhere without our loyal customers and obviously uh, our loyal partners introducing us to these customers. And so forever grateful for them. And, and uh, I think you agree with me. When you, when someone sits you down from a CTO or someone that may not have heard of CNSG or AppSmart, what do you tell them when they, how are you going to help them? How do you help them? 
Well, they never heard of CSG, and that's fine. I don't expect everyone. We're not publicly traded. We're in a Fortune 500. We've been successful, but we're very minute in the grand scheme of things. Um, so obviously, our model is very different. And we don't white label. We're not a VAR. Um, we're not a, a consultant that takes a percentage of savings and things of that nature. Uh, we are, I mean, essentially, we are your consultant, your sales rep on steroids, um, our job is to know what all these mutual funds do and really the value of the customers, the economies of scale that we built and the volume with these suppliers. Um, and the more business we've written, uh, we, you know, typically I think we all of us have learned by failing. And so we're able to make suggestions, learn about technology because, you know, ideally not that, cause I don't think any of us are smarter than anyone else. It's just, this is a business we, we pick. And so a lot of us have chosen to study and really understand, um, these emerging technologies before they've actually been lifted in and understand quickly if it's a fit for a customer's environment, uh, if the change management would make sense, and if the emerging technology is something that should even be socialized or, or, or deployed in an environment. Um, every architecture is different with every client, and I think we all can agree that we selectively uh, work with suppliers and or technologies that make sense uh, for each individual customer. So we've taken that approach, I think, with everyone. We touch every client which is very, very different than everybody else in our space. So we were a master agency because we had a fantastic cable practice. We had a lot of partners, but that hybrid model was what really made us very different from everybody else. Um, and I think we mitigated against churn, attrition, and the customer won because they got an agnostic approach and obviously white glove service. And so... Uh, you refer to technology companies and carriers as, as mutual funds. You're the only person I've ever heard really use that metaphor why do you use that metaphor like mutual funds yeah i listen all the suppliers in our portfolio um they're good there's a lot of good mutual give funds. me some examples give me some examples of like some like, what are some of your favorites suppliers yeah i mean we love our suppliers all the suppliers there's a lot of good people there they supported us and i, and I do want to say without our suppliers they enable us to to make a living and enable us to, you know, have a channel. So for, first and foremost, our, our suppliers are uh, always show a lot of gratitude towards our suppliers, but you know, we have a lot of great suppliers. They are cyclical, right? They go through M and A's and there's times where they're problematic. They have, uh, they invest in, you know, either BD and, and sales, or they invest in the back office or they lay off certain divisions or silos of the business that at that point it's a snowball effect and it ends up affecting all of us in our orders. But um, I, I would say that um, if you ask me every six months or every year, you may get a different answer, but we put them in different architectures of different technologies, whether it's UCAS, contact center, ISP circuits, the cable companies, the traditional smaller CLEX aggregators. I think they all behave very differently. Um, I think we all have our 12 to 20 that are in our favorite rotation based on deployment. And I, one thing I would say is if I'm not going to mention any names, but if you want to get in that rotation, I would invest in the back office and your project manager, make sure our orders go well. Um, and then you'll quickly see a lot more activity from us. I didn't answer your question. Did I? No, no, no. I can answer that anyways, but <laughs> let me, like, well, for example, we'll just use some examples. COVID-19 interesting year. Hasn't been a slow year for you whatsoever. It's been probably a faster year for you. Um, certainly hasn't affected the, unification of technologies um you know zoom is obviously is obviously a partner of ours ring central is a partner of ours we've had a lot of uh, microsoft teams uh direct routing migrations over the years so those are i mean those are kind of a given right so how in would you say that there's any 
one provider, well, maybe we don't need to highlight those, but what's your, what's your general experience been when dealing with technology leaders uh, as an advisor uh, throughout, throughout this last year? Has there been any standout changes? And I'm just because, I mean, if you've been doing this for a decade, more than a decade, but been out, you know, kind of on your own for a decade, how was this year different than last year? I'm just curious. This year versus 2020, I think, I think there's a lot of uh, fear and certain doubt. There's uh, the world's going to repair itself. People are trying to decide. The people that got rid of their office space, uh, that goes for remote work, maybe are having second considerations and or vice versa. Uh, I do think that we're going to get back to normalcy. I do think people are going to sign LOIs, get back in their office. I think CEOs and executives want their employees back into the office. Um, I think that uh, if force-fed adoption of technology and cloud, something we were doing prior to COVID, um, and I think it's enabled people to be more efficient. Um, but I am hopeful that we we all get back into the office. I think there's a lot to be said there uh, for that. But as far as our business, obviously, it's a little bit of embarrassment of riches because of um, you know, some businesses take a turn in attrition and a lot, some business where people are not in the office, um, having less dialogue with people, um, uh, does impact rapport. Um, and I, I would say bandwidth maybe is lot, but we're doing a lot more in collaboration, cloud, SD-WAN, VPN security, things of that nature. So, um, it, it, it has been a pivot. Uh, we've been very busy, like I mentioned last 18 months, but, um, we're excited to get back and start, you know, collaborating with clients live in meetings and our partners and building those, building that relationship. You know, there's nothing like being, um, you know, together live in an, in an environment. And I think, um, um, I think the majority agree with me and I, I think we'll be getting there soon. Uh, one of the common themes that comes up a lot in technology leadership is the IT department's a cost center, right? And we've got this kind of battle between IT and technology as a cost center versus technology as a business force multiplier. What I think it's a balance between the two. I, I think there's there's paying too much for a good product. But what what piece of advice do you have for for technology leaders out there? How can we come in and, and add to that? How can we help that out? How can we help a technology leader? It might be dealing with a cost center, uh, dealing with um, trying to sell executive management on the benefit of a technology uh, and fight that kind of cost center piece, which is hurting maybe really uh, the business growth. So ask that question again. I guess I'm trying to understand kind of, is, is it dealing with the executive leadership teams at these different companies and they're looking at IT instruction as a cost center to either drive or monetize or I guess let me. One of the problems a lot of IT directors have is that they are being treated as a cost cost center. They are not getting the respect that they deserve and they're trying to battle to use technology to grow the business. Uh, but we might have an old entrenched um uh, executive management team that doesn't value technology enough. Uh, kind of like the Sears and Toys R Us versus Amazon. Right? Sears died because it didn't embrace technology. Uh, Toys R Us died. It didn't embrace technology. Uh, Amazon killed them. So how do we come in and, and help that IT director might be battling that cost center and actually help grow a business? Yeah, it really is understanding where their workloads sit and you know how much iron they have on-premise 
what they're paying for like help desk infrastructure, you know, projects, um, and then making them more efficient from an ROI standpoint. So it's really, you know, peeling that onion back and understanding kind of what their uh, costs are for software, for licensing, for maintenance, for firmware, for firewall security. Um, and then obviously what they're doing from a mid cyber standpoint, right? Proactively and then reactively, unfortunately, if that's where they are. So, um, and then and then making that an, an IT optimization plan to build a business process uh, with them to make sure that they're you know both ready for scale, they're lean, mean, and they're not obviously being inefficient with you know uh, any economic uh, responsibilities that they have. Um, so there are times where we're brought into those discussions and to assist and try to you know forklift and or move workloads a certain direction to make them efficient. So, but not all the time, but we are. And if someone tells you, oh, look, I can do that myself. I don't need you for that. What's your answer to that? And, and they, they quite, they quite possibly may. Right. Um, but I think a lot of times when they're looking at, it depends on the, the, the partner that brings us in, obviously, right? If, if we have a partner that that's our core focus, their business, um, we don't want to step on anyone's toes. We focus on what we, they brought us in for. So, um, but again, we explain kind of the differentiating factors, you know, suppliers in our portfolio. Um, we try to make it invisible to do business in the sense of educating them with a lot of value of the different architectures, whether it's VMware, it's Citrix, it's, you know, so many different applications and or architecture designs. Um, and same thing with UCAS, Contact Center, SD-WAN. You know, every SD-WAN solution, as you know, is not the same. Um, so as long as we're able to educate, I think by default, we're able to build rapport and build trust. Um, and if and if you know what you're talking about, uh, they, they quickly, you know, can you know realize that they're they're dealing with a partner that will you know assist them. I think the difference in the end of the day is like guys like Phil and you and other Chris and you know you know Ryan Becca people on the team that have really taken the time to understand the suppliers and study the different technologies. That's obviously made all you guys very successful. Um, and then you know you can tell when someone's disingenuous uh, if they really care about the customer and, and their motivation post sale right? First pre-sale. And I think that's a lot where we want, frankly, I think uh, it's easy to say, um, but behavior uh, shows. And I think our team is uh, just as aggressive and bullish uh, post-sale. Um, and so a lot of times we have our clients come to us and say, you guys are a real partner. And I think that's where we build a lot of our rapport. So it's a combination, right? The master agent in the channel, I, I spoke with I spoke with a Zoom representative the other day, and one of the things that they were saying, I think it's uh, Eric Yon is the president over there, and he said they have never heard him mention master agent or channel on a, I don't know if it was like their quarterly business call, I don't know what it was, but they had never heard him mention it and stress it more times than ever before. So when it comes to choosing a master agency, um, kind of like from the start and from the beginning, when you say, you know, we're bullish or whatever, how are you fighting to differentiate CNSG versus 
a CDW versus any other. And I just throw CDW out there because they're advertising on TV and everyone, you know, a lot of people know CDW. So it's easy to kind of throw them out there. I don't need to mention any other master agencies and they don't really, I won't even really call them a master agency. They're more like kind of like an equipment shop with a master agency on the back end. And I'm not disparaging them. I'm just using them as an example. And there's many other master agencies that we could mention, but how do you differentiate? What do you think is the difference between us, our program versus everybody else? Is it, is it that partnership? Is it that one-on-one relationship? What is it? And a lot of people might say they have that. Yeah. And and they quite possibly may. And uh, again, all those different groups are, are wonderful. Uh, and they all provide something very different. You know, I, I focus on just kind of what we do and what we do is, uh, you know, focus on the end user, focus on the client. Um, again, we were a hybrid. We just happened to do a lot of volume. So, you know, we, we dance at the same table with some of those other master agencies that I, hold I, contracts. What's but, hybrid? Huh? What was, hi- what's hybrid to you? Uh, we were hybrid. We had, we had obviously agreements with every supplier under the moon right? Direct agreements. Uh, we had our own cable practice. Um, and so that made us as similar to a lot of masters, right? Um, but then we had the managing partner program um, and our client first model, client facing model where uh, we engaged with the customer, cradle grave, um, and dealt with discovery, all things landway and closet cloud, project management, renewals, issue, resolution, mitigation against problems, uh, design, quote, you know, quotations, um, and then obviously discovery and evaluation, contract negotiation. So our, our, our model was very different because we did, and there's a couple others that do the same thing we do and they're also very successful, but, um, I feel like that's where we're, we've been very different. I think AppSmart sees that and I've spoken, um, when we have our calls with the executive team at AppSmart and that was a huge differentiating factor. And I think in the last 18 months, if you see our numbers, uh, compared to, you know, others in our space. Um, I think we've kind of risen to the top and we've also provided, um, obviously wonderful renewal rates mitigated against attrition. And so, um, I think the team should be very proud of what they built. And, uh, again, that doesn't say that our competition doesn't do anything uh, special. I think everybody offers something a little bit different. Um, and, and we have room to grow as well, right? Um, we're doing things, investing in, in, in more back office, more support, because as we grow, we need to make sure our customers are still getting white glove support. And so I know the investment is there and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what this year you know brings us the second half of this year. And as we get out of COVID, um, when we get, I think, back into reality. The, you know, if this was like a, a pre-conference uh, UFC fight thing and there was like some haters out there, the, I, I, I think you'd be a, how would you respond to that? You just seem too calm about this. Where, where, there's like, why, why would we have haters? Why would we have haters? I mean, you know, typically when you're successful, you know, um, those things happen. Uh, but if you don't have haters, you're not typically making, making any noise. Right. That's typically what it is. So it's, it's good. It's good that we have some haters out there and I wish them the best luck and <laughs> all the best energy in the world. And, and I, and I wish them all the success in the world, but yeah, if it's, they don't want to see us be successful or we're doing something right. And typically they're paying attention to us and that's a good thing. So, um, I don't, we don't need to waste any calories or our own calories on, on that negative energy. I need you to just spell out for me. This is the last question I have for you, and you can you can throw it out whatever the heck else out there you want. But you, 
can you just outline what we do for someone from start to finish, that cradle to the, that cradle to the grave uh, model or picture? Like, what do you do every day? You wake up at what time do you wake up? What do you do all day, every day? Can you just give me a picture of kind of like what we do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for a lot of us, we're supporting our- I want to know, Ali wakes up at what time and does what first? <laughs> it all depends. And I don't see how closely my wife is listening to me right now. But um, <laughs> there are times where, you know, we're pulling 18, 20-hour days. We've done that. And I don't think a lot of us needed to do that now in the last four or five years, probably the first 10 years. Um, but I think it's just everyone's investment in the business and how entrenched they are. And so um, it, it's it, a lot of it is, you know, uh, working with suppliers, get the proposals, get the quotes, get the designs accurate, provide the solutions, provide packages to each customer we work with. It's a very white club approach. Every discovery call we have, every customer we touch, you know, um, we're, we're doing it like it's our own business. So, and, and I think that's something to be said there. So we are, we're, we're waking up. Obviously we have meetings. Every day, preparatory meetings, either with suppliers or internally, uh, customer meetings sometimes can start at 7.30 in the morning. Um, we'll have touch base onboarding calls at night with our carriers or clients. Um, and during the day, we're running, obviously, either demonstrations in the telephony space, contact center space, discovery, proposal reviews, or and or just peer discovery with clients that we've been engaged in or introduced to. Um, so that's typically our days. And obviously, a lot of that is post-summary and development for quotations with each supplier and going to the right suppliers, building out those proposals of quotes, obviously at night uh, or in, during lunch or after hours meeting with suppliers that are in town um, and obviously project management calls, issue resolution calls um, and design and, and, and design and, uh, and build. Um, that's typically what our days look like. And so a lot of our days, you know, some days, I would say that the shortest day for a lot of guys on the team that I've spoken to uh, is 12 hours. And some of the longest days can be anywhere from 18 to 20 hours. So um, I don't think anyone's ever going to tell us that, you know, we, our work ethic isn't, uh, you know, um, viewed as being, you know, someone uh, tracked, uh, condemned in the space. And so we're, we're, that's just the way we are. Uh, Phil, I think everybody is. You are that way, and the rest of the team. And some of the guys I've seen the other day, um, I'm seeing emails at three, four in the morning, uh, responding late at night uh, to trouble tickets to issues. Uh, I mean, I have to give a shout out to Cindy Alford. There was an issue this morning at six thirty-five. She must have responded in less than a minute and a half to a customer issue. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think our focus in the other day, wrap this up, and Phil is that. Um, we are, I think our partners that come to us, um, there's a lot of different methodologies of how to support partners, whether it's tutorials, lunches, it's go to my website. If it's events during the middle of the day for us, I think our partners trust us. They know that we know what we're talking about. Um, and a lot of those really good partners don't have time during the middle of the day to go on someone's website or watch a webinar and things of that nature. They entrust in us to really vet and sort through uh, the solutions and the providers. Um, and I think that's, that's big. And so for us, it's really about building experience with the customer directly. Um, and that was more of that kind of hybrid model that we built. And so um, that's been our strength. And I think you knew that when you supported us. Uh, because you, you, you know, you got the, uh, you, you felt it on the other end, right? We we held you accountable. Um, and, uh, and, 
and I'm glad you digest that as a good way. And I think you want to be part of the team. And so um, fast forward 10 years, you've met, done a magnificent job. And, um, and you know, thank you for crossing paths with us. We're very fortunate to have you, my friend, on the team. And anybody that interfaces with you um, is in good hands. And, and we know that. You still made it very. You still gave me the the easiest job interview I ever had in my life years ago, when I walked in with Donna Wank and she was like, "I don't know if I should be interviewing you or you should be uh, uh, interviewing me because I've never had so many people call me and tell me to hire you, Phil. Uh, what do you want to get paid?" <laughs> Donna, Donna, Donna is a wonderful woman. She had a successful career and she's now enjoying her daughter. And uh, uh, she was a wonderful advocate of CSG and. Um, we did a lot of good business with her, but yes, uh, you know, they would ask us, suppliers would ask us, you know, you know, what channel manager should we hire to support you? And you know, we felt like you were a really good fit and uh, that would take the business to our level and what your data brought you. So, uh, you just air band anymore. You just, you just wanted me to stop calling you and trying to get you to sell fixed wireless in Washington, DC from the top of like the CNN building or something. No, what I did was as I can repurpose easy where I needed you. <laughs> hey, really? <laughs> Real quick, we're sitting down. This is just like scenario. Let's just say we got a scenario here. Okay, you're brought into a meeting with, um, I don't know, IT director, CTO, um, 2000 end user company, multiple locations, manufacturing around the United States. You know, they've got maybe an exchange. They're thinking of moving, kind of got an old phone system. Uh, kind of, you know, still growing fast, maybe got hit by COVID with some extra business because they're in manufacturing and that manufacturing was, I don't know, pharmaceutical labeling, who knows, something like that. Um, what's your kind of general, how do you start out with these guys? How, what's your, what's, um, I mean, I, I kind of already know this answer. I know uh, how we do it, but for the sake of everyone out there listening, so they kind of get a feel of what it's like working with us. How do you start that conversation out? What does that meeting look like, that initial meeting? With a client? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, it depends on you know how we're engaged. Obviously, it's introductory, learning more about their business, learning about their business problems and their pains, um, their roles, uh, you know, what they have in place today, incumbent contracts, costs, um, you know, uh, obviously palette for obviously understanding and learning kind of about the different technologies. I mean, every customer is very different. Some people are more open to um, learning once if it's clearly explained kind of what we do um, and our fiduciary benefit for us and how compensated. I think that's a big deal. It really relaxes the environment. Um, that, that, that real quick. Huh? Explain that real quick. Yeah. We're not of our, we don't white label. We don't push down at a certain technology that, you know, we've chosen that we're going to margin and put on our own paper and make more money. So we're completely agnostic. We obviously don't get paid um, until something is installed in our world. That could be six, eight, nine months after the sale. So we're constantly involved um, in the annuity and adding value. I mean, I think if you're not adding value, you're not in front of your client's face um, and you're more worried about points and how much a carrier pays you, what your upfront spiff is, you're never going to be wealthy. And something I think Matt Hardy always used to say is point choices never become really wealthy or successful. And wealthy is not just wealthy in the sense of, you know, your economic standing is wealthy in the sense of the business you built uh, and obviously the following you have with your clients and your partners and things of that nature. And so it, it means it has a couple of different meanings there. And so um, we've been, I think if you just do the right thing, you sell the right suppliers for the right the customer, the money will follow. 
um, and your, and your partners will appreciate you and make, if you make them look good, then obviously, um, you have repeat business. And so, um, it's tough business. There's issues, there's outages, there's trouble tickets. There's times where it's extremely frustrating to work with a lot of these suppliers. They can make you look bad. I mean, there's times where sometimes undefensible what happens. And so, um, you just got to set proper expectations and we're all learning. We're still learning. Um, all of us. And, and it's, it's definitely something that we can continue to get better at. And as we invest more and more in, in engineering and project management, I would say that a uh, shout out to Dave Hopper. He's probably one of the best engineers in the industry. I've, I've heard a lot of chirp that this master, that master has a better engineer. I mean, I, I don't know how you can be any better. Right. I don't know what that really means, but I, I, I think that, um, you know, our team, right. As lean and mean as she was for as big as many clients we had, almost 20,000 clients. I think we did a lot with the resources we had um, and the and, and the influx from Renee and, and Nick supporting us at AppSmart um, and investing back into the business is just going to really take us to another level um, as we believe the enterprise customers is more uh, now more attracted to do, doing business with, you know, the channel, um, because they don't have to make that investment and they're skin the game on both sides to make sure the solutions are deployed well and supported. And so I would say that has a big, big impact on kind of our models. In other words, they can, what you're speaking to is they can leverage our team. It doesn't, doesn't cost anything to leverage our team. It's one more piece that they get, um, on top of that, on, on top of everything else. Um, yeah. For issue resolution, mitigation, economies of scale, volume, um, you know, get things done for them. And, and obviously, then hopefully, you know, we operate at a high intelligence level where we know how to sift through different layers and, and, and take issues and resolve them faster than most people could, right? Um, so, yeah, in the end of the day, we are definitely customer advocates, right? Um, We're doing this backwards, but what's your elevator? What's your elevator, like one-liner or two-liner? Someone asks, like, hey, what do you do? Or telecom consultancy, telecom cloud consultancy. We work with every supplier and we outfit businesses for all things, data, closet, cloud, you know, network, WAN, VoIP, all center, right? Traditional telco, bandwidth procurement, et cetera. Start there because it, it gets too heavy with um, cyber and outsource help desk and CMMC and FedRAMP and cloud solution data center, then you may lose it. But yeah, those things are all fall under the umbrella. But I think you can just say it in a certain way where it kind of makes it very. Um, uh, appreciate, appreciate your time uh, for everyone out there listening. This is really just, this is just kind of a short, brief, I don't know, snippet, so to speak, that you'd call for everything that's kind of going on in the back end of this podcast, right? If for anyone that's out there that, that's been listening to uh, Dissecting Popular IT, you know, it's the whole point is to, to highlight the everyday IT, you're the everyday IT hero, so to speak, and what they deal with and provide an, an extra layer of support to what you guys are doing every day. Uh, because most, most IT leaders out there, and you tell me if you think this is true or not, most of these guys, it's, I would say it's a one to 100 end user ratio for all the companies that you support right now. How many IT directors do they have per end user? So if you've got a company with a thousand end users, I can't imagine there being more than five to 10 people supporting all thousand end users. Yeah, absolutely. So that's like walking into the classroom in college and there's 200 kids in class and there's only one teacher. How can they possibly support technology for that many people when technology is that much more complicated and there's so many more moving parts? 
Yeah. I mean, I think you, you strat, you, you, you made that very relevant in kind of the, your business model, Phil, and it's been very successful. All right. All right, brother. Appreciate your time. I'll let you get back to your, let you get back to your day at five forty-five or whatever time it is right now. Thank you. I'm going to sign off, get to the kids and the family. Uh, you do too as well. And I'll be online later tonight, but thank you for having me join the call and uh, keep doing what you're doing and, and carrying that CSG flag in the Northeast. Thank you, Phil, for all you do. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye.